The Wicked Smart Sports Guys is brought to you by SumaxBatteries.com, the go-to website for all your battery needs. Sumax Batteries carries a full line of super heavy-duty ultra-alkaline lithium and button cell batteries. Sumax Batteries compares in quality to well-known national brands, and the best part, Sumax Batteries are priced much lower than their competitors. Flashlights, remote controls, game controls, headphones, digital cameras, hearing aids, smoke lamps, whatever device you need a battery for, Sumax has the best batteries for the best price for your device. Guys, you stocked up for the quarantine. You stocked up. I bet you didn't stock up on batteries. It's probably the one thing you forgot. So go to SumaxBatteries.com, order a 24-pack of AA or AAA heavy-duty batteries. Order two 24-packs for only $5.99. Actually, two 24-packs would be like $11.98, but you get it. Uh, or a 24-pack of ultra-alkaline idea for all kinds of gaming and high-tech devices at just $12.99. Order today and use coupon code BOSTON. That's all for case BOSTON at checkout and save 20% off your entire order. That's come on to go Boston and check out all uppercases a big today. Semixbatteries.com, C-E-L-L-M-A-X batteries.com, the official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys podcast. Thanks as always to Dolly Dreams for the intro music. Still in the midst of quarantine season. Uh, NFL free agency has, for all intents and purposes, wrapped up. These things only take three or four days. NFL free agency is essentially over. A few more guys out there that need to find a home, but the big stuff is all wrapped up. I'm going to talk about the biggest news of them all with Jake Elmsley. Jake, how are you doing in the uh, in the world today? Well, Animal Crossing came out yesterday, so things are going to even out a little bit for me here. But otherwise, I'm doing I'm doing okay. I was doing okay before, but you know, just trying not to lose my mind or get sick. Those are the two things. Um, let's just jump right into it. Okay, I'll start with this. Tom Brady is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Thoughts? You know, a few years ago, about four or five years ago, I started telling people that Tom Brady is going to end his career somewhere else. I can guarantee that. People didn't believe me. People told me I was crazy. This whole process, I kind of, I can't say I thought he was going to leave because I always had the Patriots pegged as a favorite, but it, it's hard to dissect how I feel just in one thing other than, you know, sad, obviously, but from an actual, like, from like actually trying to analyze it, there are so many angles to look at it from... From the perspective of the of the organization, from Kraft, from Belichick, from Brady's attitude, the whole history with all those people. But my God, he's going to the Buccaneers, and that's weird. But if they have a Brady creamsicle jersey, I might buy it. Well, that's fair. I mean, there's a few ways to look at this. There's the way to look at it from the Brady perspective, and I think the overall fan perspective and the team perspective. I mean, you, you can look at it from a, like 2,000 feet, or you can look at it right close up. And, and the way view from 2,000 feet to me is... Look, you you had Brady for 20 years. It ended one or two years before it otherwise would have because he went somewhere else. But you got 20 years of a great dynasty where you won six championships. To me, it's not all that upsetting that it ended one or two years earlier, okay, than, than maybe you hoped it would. And by the way, this should have ended a few years ago. I mean, a lot we've been talking about when is Brady going to retire since he was 37, and then they've won Super Bowls since then. So... All of this felt like gravy for the last few years here, and I think that now, I mean myself at least, I don't know how other people feel, but I kind of feel like we got more than we ever could have expected we would have gotten from Tom Brady, never mind at the beginning of his career, from like 2011 on. I don't think anybody would have expected we would have gotten this much more, so I'm not all that upset from that standpoint. You got 20 years of it and ended one or two years earlier, big deal. When you look at it closer, they're in a kind of a bad spot. They're in, I would say... The worst possible spot they could be in at the quarterback position once Tom Brady left. You wanted them to be more prepared than this. They aren't. And now it's like, pick your poison for the next Patriots QB. Do you want the unproven 
Jared Stidham, who's coming into his second year. Do you want a rookie? Do you want uh, the guy who just quarterbacked the worst team in the NFL? Do you want the guy who just threw 30 picks in a season? Do you want the diva, former number one overall pick and MVP coming off an injury who the Carolina Panthers could not wait to get rid of? Who do you, who do you want the next Patriots quarterback to be? So that is not a good spot, very obviously. And it's going to be interesting what they decide to do here with the quarterback position. Well, obviously, yeah. You can't. Literally, no fan base can expect to get anything more out of any athlete in any sport ever than the New England Patriots got out of Tom Brady. And I'm not even going to sit here and say it was the wrong move for the Patriots to opt to move on from Tom Brady to not throw the money at. T- well, however, you want to, you know, track the timeline of how the decision was made and who made the decision and who, you know, when who offered who what, which we can definitely do, and I could sit here with you for hours and do that, and I have plenty of thoughts on that, so don't make it sound like it's nothing that I don't want to talk about, because there are people who are sick of hearing about it. I'm not. But in fairness, I will say that the Patriots, I can't say that they're in the worst spot imaginable in terms of getting the next quarterback. Obviously, it's not going to be Tom Brady, but in fairness, the Patriots, at least at this moment, do have the pick of the litter when it comes to a lot of these veteran quarterbacks who p- people thought were going to be available this offseason. So they do have that. They could pick between Newton, Winston, Dalton, Flacco, which, mind you, are not particularly inspiring options, but are still a cut above, you know, the usual veteran quarterbacks a team can bring in during the offseason. Now, that being said, that being said, I don't want them to do any of that because I'm full-blooded ready to ride with Jarrett Sidham next season. If for anything that I have no... Currently, I have no interest in them bringing in the quarterback who has no chance of being the next quarterback. Because Cam Newton's not a part of this team's future. Andy Dalton, not a part of this team's future. Jameis Winston, not a part of this team's future. At the very least, with a Jarrett Stidham or with somebody that you draft this year, maybe. I mean, I don't think they're going to go for a first-round pick, but maybe this team's... Maybe Bill Belichick is enamored with Jordan Love. I don't know that. I mean, if he is and that guy falls to him, then fine, you pick that guy. But assuming they don't go first-round QB this year, even if they pick a mid-round guy like like a Jalen Hurt, something like that, I'd rather they roll in with somebody like, like that who at least has a semblance of the potential that they develop into being a future player for the Patriots than them go, play, than them go pay Cam Newton, Andy Dalton... You know, Jameis Winston literally 20 times as much to be a bridge and really accomplish nothing. Because I thought with Tom Brady and with a few moves, this team could still be contending for a Super Bowl. I think making the Super Bowl was right there for them last offseason. I didn't think going into the playoffs that they were a contender. But quite frankly, after seeing the way all the AFC teams, including the Chiefs, including the Ravens, performed in the playoffs, frankly, it was right there for the Patriots and a few things broke better for them. But without Tom Brady, like they're they're not doing anything, especially with the, at least they're not doing anything significant. They could they don't def, they could definitely still be a playoff team with Bill Belichick. Frankly, they're still the favorites in the AFC East with Bill Belichick, as far as I'm concerned. But they're not a real contender with any of the people they're going to put under center. So you know what? Like go in with Stidham, go in with Hurts, go in with a young guy. At least see what you have there, and then the worst case scenario is it completely blows up in your face, and then in 2021 you're in position to try and bring in. Somebody who could hopefully be the next guy. Okay, so I guess I kind of see what you're saying. Like, the quarterback market is maybe just a little bit better than it usually is because there are guys that have started games for, a, you know, a significant amount of time on the market right now. But it's usually it's usually a wasteland. Like, you can at least say, like, there have been, there are there are guys who, 
at different points have been above average starters. Which frankly, like, this entire quarterback market was bonkers this year compared to past years. Like I'm not I'm no big fan of any of those guys, but you factor in having a guy like Phillip Rivers move teams, you know, obviously Tom Brady changing teams, like you know, Teddy Bridgewater even, like they're there are good guys out. Like, there are at least decent guys out there compared to what usually a team would find themselves going, oh, God, we don't have okay, a Okay, fine, but are any of these guys above average or average right now? Because I would say no. I don't think Cam Newton is that to that level anymore. I don't think Jameis – I don't like Jameis Winston at all. I don't think he's to that level. I don't think – He's something. Uh, <laughs> he's something. I, I guess, but what, it's six and one, half dozen in the other. These guys are below average quarterbacks. If you have a below average quarterback, you're going nowhere. And if these are the guys you're, no, you're shooting from – like, I started this off by saying pick your poison. Usually that's not meant in such a negative fashion. Usually people say about taking out, you know, pick your alcohol, pick your poison. It's actually poison because one of these guys is going to be, pick whatever shitty guy you want. You're going to be in a terrible situation. I, I actually meant yeah. that literally. Whatever, you no, know. I, th I, I think that's a little hyperbolic because I think that, you know, the Patriots have shown in the past that they can take somebody, they can take an average sort of talented quarterback and get something out of it still bring that to a winning record like I think like with Andy Dalton with Cam Newton they probably win nine or ten games so I just have that I, I, just I, have... I get that you might be arguing that hey the situation no, I, I don't want them to do that I don't want them to do that no, though, no, no, no. I'm agreeing with you I don't want them to do that I know but I'm saying what you're saying makes some sense in that Hey, that they've been able to manage with quarterbacks like Jacoby Brissett before and win games and Jimmy Garoppolo and and Matt Castle and whatever I, I get that aspect of it but that was always going to be true if they had Bill Belichick around and Tom Brady left. So what I'm asking you is, how could this situation be possibly worse than it is right now in, in, in the light of Tom Brady leaving? How could it be worse than you have a middle round pick that you're not really sure about on your roster and you have all these guys that, by the way, you, you probably can't afford in the first place because you, you have $13 million in a dead cap yep. hit for Tom Brady that you're that is swallowing up so much of your flexibility at that position. So all of a sudden, you know, you don't have the money to pay the guys that you don't even want in the first place. You have a guy that we were not really totally sure about some reports out there say they really like him and he's going to be good that would happen with any quarterback they had on the roster that would happen yeah. no matter what I mean that, that you, you know you can't read into those at all no matter if even if they had you know Brock Osweiler at quarterback that the, the next Brock yeah. Osweiler people would be talking about because guess what people were talking up Brock Osweiler when Peyton Manning left okay so all of this is you know I, I just don't understand how this could be possibly any worse for the Patriots and by the way it might work out Jared Siddham might be good and it's fine but Present day, before we know that for sure, I can't think of how they could be in a worse spot. Well, I mean, for one, they could just they could have not have drafted a guy last year, which is something the Patriots have always done that I really admire, and I don't understand why every NFL team doesn't do. Like, I genuinely don't understand why, A, if you don't have a quarterback that you like, why you're not drafting a quarterback every single year. So and I'm B, with you on this. No, and B, even when you have one, when you have, like, you still should be drafting a guy at a minimum every other year just to always have somebody. So, A, they could not even have Jarrett Sidham, who's had a year in their system. B, I, you know, like, going into the draft, I liked Jarrett Sidham as a mid-round guy. So maybe a part of this is just that I'm, like, I lean towards being a Jarrett Sidham guy on his face value himself. I like what he showed in the preseason. So maybe that's just why I'm not, and I've just, I've just accepted it, too. Like, I'm just, like I said, like, I'm ready for it. And if it sucks, like, there's benefit to that for them as well. You know, like, if he is, if is an implosion and they get a high draft pick, then, you know, so be it. Then that's what happens. 
So I'm actually with you on the QB thing. I, I've said for a while that if I, I guess there's a reason, maybe this is the reason we're not running an NFL team yet, but I, I, oh, I disagree. I think I should be running an NFL team. I don't I, understand why I'm not with some of these decisions these people make, but go on. I've said this for a while that if, if I was running an NFL team, I would just go into the NFL draft and take like two, three quarterbacks every year until I had a quarterback I liked. And yeah. I know that's like, no. I mean, not even high. Take them all after yeah. the fourth round and just try them all out and see which one plays the best in the preseason. Whichever one does, throw them out there. If it doesn't work for the first eight weeks, try one of the other guys. If it doesn't work, go back in next year. And that's all you have to do. And guess what? When you cut them, they were fourth, fifth, sixth round picks anyway. I know they're quarterbacks, so you might view it as their higher profile. You're losing money. Fourth and fifth round picks get cut a year in all the time. It's going to no, cost you a million bucks. Got, adios. See you later. Try it again next year. Usually, by the way, they're ra- it's very rare that a quarterback is bad in year one and then good, great in, in his future years. Usually, you can tell how good a guy's going to be right away. And yeah. that's always been the case in the NFL. I know people talk up sitting guys and bringing them along for a year and then putting them in. Usually, they hit the ground running and or they show real signs that they can be a great quarterback or they don't, and that's their career. And and so that's why that's the way I would do it. I don't want, know why NFL, more NFL teams do that. But if I was the Patriots this year... Stick with Jared Stidham, draft Jalen Hurts, draft Jake Fromm, whatever. Two, just two random middle-round yeah. guys. No, throw them all in a competition, see who comes out on top. Yeah, no, like that's, that's exactly what I'm saying, too. Because, like I said, and maybe you could argue that Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston will be more productive than those guys, and they probably would. But they're not going to be 20 times as productive to the point where it's going to justify the cost. And B, by using the young guy, you at least have the chance that, hey, Maybe this is your next quarterback. Probably not. You're probably not going to find the next Tom Brady in the mid round. That just never yeah. happens. But you never know. The guy could be good. Maybe you at least have, you know, your backup for two years. Like you, you have the chance to develop somebody. So, yeah, I forgot about Jake Fromm. Like, God, I love Jake Fromm. I hope they can draft Jake Fromm in the second if they can, you know, get into the second. But probably not. But, yeah, like just, just go on with a bunch of young guys. Like what? Like the worst thing that can happen is you suck. Like, they're not winning the Super Bowl. Like, I've watched enough of the Patriots be great and win Super Bowls. Like, I don't mind. Like, if you're telling me, like, I can either watch, they can either suck, but have it benefit the future, or, you know, maybe be, be a wild card team. Like, honestly, like, I'm willing to, I'm willing to swallow the medicine on that because I don't need to see them win one playoff game desperately. Like, if it's not, in, like, whatever is in service of winning the next Super Bowl is what I'm in favor of. And I think that going that route, like, has a better chance of getting you to the next Super Bowl. And this is the harsh reality, and it's one of the many ways that the Patriots are now just like every other NFL team. They don't have a quarterback. Hope springs eternal. You want the young guy because it's the unknown is better than the known, and you're just thinking, you know what, maybe he could be this, maybe he could be this, and you're, you're, it's, you're kind of almost fooling yourself to some extent because I, I get what you're saying, and I largely agree with you that I would still rather have the unknown than the known, but at the same time, it's probably unlikely that any guy you're going to get in the third, fourth round is going to be. Those guys are usually career backups or maybe even out of the league in a few years for a reason. Of course. So y- your chances are low, but you would rather take that 10, 12% chance draft in the third, fourth round is actually going to be good rather than, you know, oh, I, I can have Cam Newton and he can take me to 8-8 eight and eight for, you know, three years and, and uh, you know, the whole time be 
unbearable in the media. Like you would rather have that, the, the unknown, the grass is always green on the other side. You always hope that you can get that next guy. People are hoping the Patriots drafted Tom Brady in the sixth round. So who knows? Maybe that guy could be really good. Like that's, and, and by the way, this is the discussion every other NFL team that doesn't have a quarterback has every year. So I think Patriots fans, they're new to this. So, th- so it might seem a little more hopeful to them than it does to like the Browns or other NFL teams that have been. Oh, no, yeah, no. Ask, ask me in three, four years. I'll be like, oh, God, what? You can get like 32 year old Jimmy Garoppolo? Bring him in here. Yeah. He's stabilizing. Yeah, no, like when it inevitably doesn't work. Like, yeah, sure. But like I. Like I said, like they, they have shown the ability. I also do value the fact that Stidham's had a year in the system. I do think that that does, you know, that does help the way I estimate him. Once again, liked him going into the draft, was happy when they drafted him. So far, he's shown everything I hoped he'd show. So like I said, I might just be a little higher on Stidham than I would if they had drafted a quarterback that I just don't like. Because I get very opinionated on mid-round quarterbacks every year. It's like a disease I have where I become obsessed with these nobody quarterbacks going to the draft. But I did it with him, and then they drafted him. So I can't, you know, once upon a time, I was really into Kirk Cousins going into the draft, and I think that panned out okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, look, I, I don't hate Jared Siddham. More mobile than Brady. He's pretty – he had a few great runs in the preseason for a first down. So he has some. Uh, he has a good level of mobility. He seems like a generally smart guy. So I don't hate Jared exactly. Siddham. I just – you like, know, I'm he, not putting all my eggs in that basket. I want to split him up, which you obviously alluded to. And, and my other point is, which I made a, a few days ago, is that – I, I would rather have a bad quarterback for 700k than an average one for 10, 15, 20 million. Like, if you're going to be average or bad, be bad. I mean, you, you know, and, and a thing that kind of has, has been prevalent across all sports for a long time, you never want to be middling. You either want to be really good or really bad. And and yeah. I know people don't believe in tanking in the NFL and everything, and that's fine. But look, I mean, the ideal scenario, I think, for the Patriots right now it's it's one of two things. Either Jared Siddham is the guy. Yep. You draft the guy this year. Th- those are your two options. You either draft the guy who's the guy this year, or Jared Siddham's your guy. You go out next season. You have a great season. The other ideal option is that Jared Siddham is the worst starting quarterback in the league. You go into the draft next year. You get the number one overall pick, and you draft Trevor Lawrence. And I know you're going to look at that and say this is what every stupid Patriots fan says, and I understand that. But you know why I bring up this example is because that's what happened to the Colts with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning got injured. They had Christian. They had Curtis Painter. He was the worst quarterback. They sucked, and they got the number one overall pick. They got Andrew Luck. They brought Andrew Luck in. They were a playoff game. They were a playoff team the very next year. And people look at it and they say tanking is not the way to do it. If you do it that way, then it brings a losing culture and all this stuff. Guess what? The Colts did it. They sucked for a year, and they were right back on a winning track the next year because they got the guy. And that is the most important thing. So I don't know how likely that is. I don't think it's very likely at all, to be honest with you. I think even if Jared Stidham is terrible, it's not like they have Jim Caldwell or whoever the Colts coach was at that time that wasn't any good. So it was pretty easy for them to suck as bad as they did with a bad quarterback. Now it's going to be a little harder when you have Belichick trying to win games the whole time. So I do not think it's going to happen. But I'm just saying, if you're looking at the ideal scenarios... It's that you draft the guy this year or you get the guy next year. And the best, the, the most assured way to get the guy next year is for it to be Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so, I mean, th- that's the way I look at it. I would rather have a bad guy for 700K. And I'm not saying Jared Simmons is bad. He might be good. And then that's great. And then you, but I, I'm just saying, if I had to pick between those two options, it's the bad guy for 700K over the average guy for 15 million every day of the week. Yeah. And I don't, and I, I hate to burst the bubble on that. Like, I don't think there's any chance that this team is even close to bad enough to get the number one overall pick. A, I, mean, I don't either. I was just pointing it out. No, I agree No, I agree with you on that. And, then, and not I, enough you, people have compared it to the Colts situation to me because people act like it's such a bad decision, and it, the Colts did it, and it worked out perfectly for the Colts. 
Yeah, listen, I don't I don't even sit here and say that it's even a bad decision for them not to have moved for them to have moved on from Brady. Like I we can get into that in a bit. Like I don't even necessarily think that, that was a wrong call to make for the long term viability. But either way, I mean the, the team has talent. B you have you have a Bill Belichick who is going to be more motivated than ever these next few years just to prove what he can do without Tom Brady in tow, what he can, yeah, what he can do, you know, with any quarterback. Bill Belichick is going to be as fired up as he can be just to, yeah, win in this scenario. Okay, so so let's circle back here. Let's talk about Brady on the Buccaneers because we, we did, I did mention that. We didn't, what, what are your thoughts on him with, you know, Bruce Arians, with Mike Evans, with Chris Godwin? I mean, how do you like him in that situation? Oh, I mean, I think it's going to be, I mean, as long as, you know, there's all, and this is what I've always said about Brady the last couple of years. There's always a chance that just because of the age, because he's a 42, soon to be 43 year old man, he does just fall off that cliff one day, which I know people like to make fun of that term, but that's what happens. These guys don't just start sucking gradually. Like it happens all at once. And that could always happen with Brady. I don't think it's going to happen, but I didn't think it was going to happen with Manning the way it did. And it just, it always does. So that could always happen. But assuming he's the same Tom Brady or like 95% of the same Tom Brady he was last season, like, I mean, how can you not at least offensively? And they do have some some issues on the O-line. They need to upgrade their tackle situation a bit, which they'll be in a prime position to do in the draft. But, I mean, how can you not love the way he's going to look with those weapons? I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, that, I mean, those are both, Incredible receivers. OJ Howard and Cameron Brait were both guys, everybody and their mother, ourselves included. I mean, I think I came on your podcast specifically, and you talked about wanting OJ Howard on the Patriots, and I talked about how I actually wanted Cameron Brait, and now Brady has both of them, so I'm not going to sit here and say that that's <laughs> yeah, a yeah. bad situation for him now, and then they could stand upgrade their running back situation a bit. I mean, they missed out on Todd Gurley, but also I don't care about running backs, and Ronald Jones still averaged over four yards a carry last year, so... Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, like I said, the offensive line could use some upgrades. I don't want to like brush by that, but also Brady tends to make those lines look better because he holds on to the ball less than really anybody else. I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's gonna be fun to watch as long as you know. Once again, as long as you know, the effective age don't creep up on Brady. And I mean, they're gonna basically be running whatever system Brady wants them to be running. I have no doubt that they're gonna just kind of blow by whatever systems Bruce Arians wants to, not discounting Bruce Arians. He's been a guy who's had success with older quarterbacks before, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know if I'm going to peg them as a real, real deal contender, but I mean, that team lost what, how many games by single digits with Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions. Now they have Tom Brady. Who's going to do, who's not even, who's at least not going to turn over the ball 42 times during the regular season. So, you know, you'd think that some of those close games that they lost with Winston, they're going to win with Brady. So, I mean, you know, they're going to be a factor for sure. And if anything, I've talked about this, how much it sucks, how you haven't had a lot of Brady versus a lot of these other great older QB battles, just as the way the NFL schedule works. You're going to have Brady v. Breeze twice next year. You're going to have Brady v. Rogers next year. Brady v. Matt Ryan, which I mean, isn't a great matchup, but it would be fun to watch Brady rip out the souls of the Falcons twice. But yeah, like I think it's going to work out for him. Like I think it's a fine landing spot. I think the franchise sucks. I think that that's, a factor and like hopefully you know you can't just turn around the culture all in one day but I mean just in terms of raw weapons he has like you have to see the appeal like I don't think this was his first choice I think Brady would have preferred to go well I mean you you left out one of the biggest QB battles on there is that the NFL is still gonna get 
Brady versus Mahomes because Mahomes is on the bucket of your schedule next oh year. So God, even though he's yes, leaving the right. AFC, you still get that. You do, and those are like that's like those have been phenomenal games up to this point. So yeah, like I mean, like it's there's gonna be plenty to. Like I said, I'm just glad he's gonna play Drew Brees again because I just think the fact that Brady has played Brees and Rodgers what a combined five six times. I think that's just criminal. Just because the way, the NFL, like, I just think that's been criminal how little, little he's played those guys. So, I mean, at least, at least he's got that. Like, so, yeah, like, I don't, like, the Buccaneers were not his first choice. I will never, ever believe that Brady wanted to end up in Tampa Bay. But, you know, like, it's not bad. Like, it, it has some appeal to it for Brady, so. Yeah, well, I mean, the Buccaneers, I should say, I, just what you alluded to earlier, they lost seven games by one possession. They put up 55 points in week four. They, I mean, that offense with Tom Brady is going to be so amazing to watch. And yep. I, by the way, I don't know if you knew this. I was actually on this train before almost anybody. Like, I, I saw this. Bruce Arians, before, I think about two weeks before he made his comments at the Combine, like way before they, I, I think like a week before they really started picking up steam. I said on February 11th, I wrote an article about if Tom Brady's leaving the Patriots, he should sign with the Buccaneers. And I wrote this article and... I kind of just talked about it and everything that kind of eventually came to fruition. They have incredible weapons. They have all this cap space. Their O-line, you're right, they need to figure out the tackle situation. But last year it ranked 7th in Pro Football Focus's offensive line rankings. So I, I, and I looked at Bruce Arians. I really liked Bruce Arians. I thought that what he did with Carson Palmer, who was dead and buried in Oakland, okay? Cincinnati gave up on him. And they shipped him to Oakland and Oakland sucked. And then, uh, out of nowhere, Bruce Arians revives this guy's career, makes him a solid quarterback, and takes him to the NFC Championship game. Okay? He just let Jameis Winston, who everybody doesn't like, no one wants to touch this guy right now in free agency. He passed for 5,000 yards in that offense. So I think the world of Bruce Arians, I think he's been amazing with all these quarterbacks, and I, I loved him as... Well, I will say again, once again, they're not running Bruce Arians' offense. Now well, that's fine. I just think he's a great coach in general. That's all I'm saying. Is I, I, oh, yeah. No, I agree. And besides that, I said everything people are talking about now. You got the Super Bowl in Tampa. You got the cross-marketing with TB and TB. That's going to work out. It's It, it just makes work. so much sense. And I think what really got me on it was the fact that I looked at the odds, and I saw that the Buccaneers had the fourth-best odds at one point. And I was like, what? Why? The Buccaneers have the fourth best odds. And I haven't heard anybody talking about this. And then I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? That That's actually a pretty good fit. And then they their odds went down for whatever reason. I think a week out, uh, just last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, they had like 16 to 1 odds, which was in really good. So I, I'm not sure what, what happened there and why they went down so much. But as soon as I saw that on February 11th, I was like, you know what? That's not all that bad. And I would actually love to see Tom Brady go there because I think he's going to go there. And I think he has a legitimate chance to break records there or have a close to record-breaking season there. I think that if the over-under for him, I mean, I would put the over-under for touchdown passes for him at like 35 and a half or something. I would take the over. I think he's going to have over 40 touchdown passes next season at least. And I, I'm excited to see what it's going to be beyond that, especially because they don't, I mean, you mentioned they have Ronald Jones and that's fine, but it's not like they have a really significant running game down there in Tampa. So if it's goal to go, they're going to be passing. So uh, I'm just excited to see what kind of numbers he could put up there. I was always excited about it. And they were the team. If he wasn't coming back to New England, I wanted to see him go there. And I'm just excited to see what it looks like now. Yeah, like I said, I don't think they were Brady's first choice. I think just for a myriad of reasons, I mean, I think the weapons in the in the coat, I mean, I think that works out. I think the off-the-field stuff, this isn't the place Brady wanted to be. But I think he did kind of end up there more of a matter of circumstance. I mean, obviously, I think he, he obviously was interested in Tennessee. They went and signed 
Tannehill, like the Eva free agency, and I even want to get into that deal because that deal actually infuriates me. But Tennessee was out. The charge, I never really understood why there was no interest with LA, honestly, unless he just was really turned off by the fact that team had nothing. But I mean, I doubt Brady's going to be making a giant effort to build the TV 12 brand up in Tampa Bay of all places. But no, I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch at the very least. Like, it's going to be entertaining. Okay, the, the last thing I want to talk about here is that now that Brady's gone, Mookie Betts is gone, all these other guys are gone, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm not to spell out this morbidly, but if you really look at the last year total, five all-star or, like, Pro Bowl, whatever you want to call them, five, like, great players have left these, left these teams. I'm going to say all-stars because that allows me to include Al Horford. But it's f- five guys. You look at Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Kyrie Irving, Al Horford and Mookie Betts. Those are five guys that are all All Stars or Pro Bowlers, whatever, that have all left these teams just in the past year. So, as a result of that, I want to talk about the top 10 current Boston athletes, the guys that are still around, because I wrote about this today mainly because Tom Brady left and, you know, having Mookie Betts left, leave a month ago. Those, are the, those were the two catalysts to this article and kind of revisiting this topic that I actually wrote about a year and a half ago. It was, it was time to, to do a re, uh, re-rank because there, there are some new players in and there are some uh, old players out. So, um, I wanted to talk about this for a little bit, and what did you want to touch on? Because I, I mean, I, I'll let people go check out the list if they wanted to, want to. One to ten, I put, it's up on guybossandsports.com right now. I, I'm not going to go through the whole list right now, but I know there were a few points that we went over that that you maybe had some problems with. So you go ahead and spell them out. Yeah, I mean, I am. I mean, I am a big Edelman fan. I will. You didn't include Edelman on the list, which I am. I did not. Yeah, and I am partial to having. I'm I disagree. I mean, I am partial to having Edelman. I think Edelman's had enough success recently. I think Edelman's contributed enough to winning in big games. I think he's out, but I mean, also I can understand if you really think Edelman's going to like, this is going to be the year where Edelman takes a downswing, which I'm sure he's going to take a downswing in terms of stats, no matter what happens, just because of obviously the quarterback situation. But I think Edelman potentially going on that list. One that people will argue that you have an agenda by not including that. I just thought of, you know who you omitted that people will probably have that certain people will have a big problem with who you are. Uh, you omitted one Tuka Rask. Oh, okay. I think that's something that's, that's um, going to... I'm not saying I am one of those people. Right. Okay, so so that's a good one. So Tuka Rask, um, uh, you know, I, I mean, let's... Well, I'll compare these guys. I mean, Tuka Rask, you're right. Tuka Rask should probably be on there now that I revisit the list. I, I, I probably should have had him on there somewhere. Maybe I'll have to revisit that overall. I mean, the, the Julian Edelman point... Julian Edelman, he had a great year last year. He had 100 catches, and that, you know, he, he did a fantastic job for the Patriots in that regard. I think it's going to be interesting to see this year how much a product of his production was his relationship with Tom Brady because Tom Brady loved him so much, and, and that'll be interesting to see. I don't know that I totally believe he was a complete product of Brady and he won't be good without him, but it's just going to be another element in this. And I also think a big part of it was Edelman did struggle with drops. I think he led the NFL in drops last season, and and a large part of why he was getting so many looks is because Brady didn't like to look at any of his other receivers. So it was just Edelman all day, every day. So his stats, you know, I think people argued were inflated. I wouldn't have looked. It was a tough cut. And at the end of the day, it was between him and Jalen Brown for that last spot. And Jalen Brown's averaging 21 points a game. He was a really good two-way player. He had a great breakout season. And you know what? It, it was between those two. It was a very tough decision. And, you know, you see Edelman talking about maybe going to Tampa and liking Deion Sanders' tweet saying he should. And it's like, you know what? Maybe I put Jalen Brown on this list over him. And so that was a big part of it. Not not a big part of it. That was a small part maybe in, in the tiebreaker. But overall, I just look at it and it was hard for me to keep Jalen Brown off with the season he's having. He's, I mean, he's a 20-point-per-game score in the NBA. And he's getting a little overshadowed by Jason Tatum. But 
it was it was just I, I I ended up I couldn't keep Jalen off the list. Sure, I mean Jalen Brown's having a good. I mean I've been I've lauded Jalen Brown all season. I, I don't know. I just want to talk about guys who were integral. I mean obviously Edelman Edelman was their offense in the Super Bowl against the Rams. Also, I mean obviously he won MVP and I feel like he deserved every piece of the MVP trophy. But he and he was also really I mean really he was the offense last season as well with nobody else performing really in any major capacity. No running game. No tight end. No other receiver really stepping up. So I think Edelman's. You'd think he'd show a decline, but he really hasn't besides the injury trouble. So I might put him on it. But like I said, I'm not really a big, big fan. I mean, like these kind of top 10 things. I mean, once you go across sports, I think you're getting pretty arbitrary all across the board, honestly. So these aren't really the type of things that I really get bent out of shape about. But, I mean, have fun with the Twitter DMs. I mean, that'll that'll be fun with something like this. Other people will get... Other people will get very worked up about this. Overall, I just think it's kind of cool to kind of look at this list and you kind of get to say, hey, you know what? The state of Boston sports isn't as morbid as it might seem. Despite these guys leaving, there are still a lot of talented players in Boston. And the fact that you look at the guys that aren't on the list right now, Edelman and among these other guys, just, you know, whoever else uh, that I can't even name of right now, Dante Hightower, Deb McCourty, Joe Thune, whoever. I mean, there are all these great players, Gordon Hayward, uh, you know, depending on how you feel about him, but there are all these players that are really good that didn't even make this list, and the fact that there's it's still flush with all these incredibly talented players, I think says a lot about Boston sports. They're like, hey, you know, two of your best players, maybe the two best players in the city, can leave, and you still have all this talent. So I, I think that's what I like most about the list is just how it shows how much, you know, how how great the players in this city still are. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, the Patriots. Like I said, I mean, I still think the Patriots can contend as a playoff team this year. The Re- I mean, the Red Sox are a godforsaken mess. Don't even get me started on the Red Sox. But the Celtics, I mean, they were lo- I mean, they were looking up. I mean, obviously with Jason Tatum emerging. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty. I mean, the Bruins President Trophy, which may end up becoming the freaking Stanley Cup at this point. But <laughs> with the way things are going. But no, I mean, there's plenty of talent, obviously. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and cry and cry and cry about everything. I mean, there's still plenty to like on these teams. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Jake, thank you for coming on the podcast, talking Brady, talking other stuff with us. Uh, We appreciate it, guys. You can follow Jake on Twitter, at Jake R. Elmsley, and be sure to check it out. I know you said you got some stuff coming up. If you want to tease it a little bit here at all, you feel free to do so. Haven't figured it out yet. Working on it. I'll let you know. Trying to figure out what the next move is. Okay, guys, stay tuned. Follow Jake on Twitter. He will keep you updated there. But thank you guys for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at KJRLDBS. Follow the pod on Twitter at AdvocateSmartPod. Check out everything over at Guy Boston Sports, including that top 10 list. Be sure to check it out. Tell me what you think. And thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.